0: Welcome to the Beers and Bucks podcast with your hosts, Mike and Tim.
1: Woohoo! Alarms going off. We're live. Episode two. Life is good. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Episode two, we're going to call it. It's really like 32, but episode two of Beers and Bucks. Excited to have you all with us tonight for a little happy hour. And Technical Difficulties.
0: Oh no. She's ripping. Oh, we are live. Yeah.
1: We are, we aren't. Pro- like, it's like the olden days again, but, see?
0: But here's the problem. We get a little too technological and this is what happens. It's what happens when you nurse a three-day hangover into beer and <laughs> <box>.
1: <laughs> This is true. Timmy's still on island time or whatever
0: you call it when you're on your bachelor party. Yeah. And it you wasn't want- just any bachelor party, it was my bachelor party, which made it worse because Correct. you just feel like you have to show up
1: oh you showed up <laughs> you showed up timmy showed up you always show up though tim yeah you know? just for the people people pleasers <laughs> for the people <laughs> uh, we're gonna do what we usually do wait for people to hop on and get kicking we got a bunch to talk about it is may 17th and it feels like it's april 17th from a planting standpoint
0: yeah everything's delayed this year
1: water temps were three weeks behind Soil temps are three weeks behind. It's very similar.
0: You look on the, the so. Saint Croix right now, where, where we live. The fishing's definitely mm, minimum two weeks behind. Uh, we well, wrote, it wasn't for me. Well, what did you catch? Well, I guess it was mollax. I mean, you caught you caught a walleye.
1: I'm one of two people. Okay. You probably don't remember.
0: I just choose to forget.
1: <laughs> we brought the. For those of you that don't know, I'm not much of a fisherman. Tim's the expert fisherman. Yeah. But he got, got outfished on they his old bachelor They gave me a kiddie party. pole. Hey. It was
0: two feet long and had a princess on it. <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to do with that? I could only bomb it 30, 40 yards. cast. but... You were bombing it. Pretty uh, pretty pumped up. This is uh, like our formal second episode. So thanks everyone that turned in for the first episode. Um, got a great response. And, and we, we don't want to lose the the flair for those of you that have been with us for a long time um we've been doing our facebook lives for a little over two years um we kind of lost track on how many we did but man it um it, it's awesome when we can interact and answer live questions and th- everyone gets busy got these cool um, graphics it's, it's, now you look at the graphics this is like a real
1: thing it's it is Ooh. awesome and riley even spelled your name right that's good I was. I asked him to spell it incorrectly intentionally. Well, that's not nice. Just to see if it gets you all fired
0: up. But when well, we did get a prevailed. a new release this week, and they are limited. Oh yeah. But we got our our beers in box T-shirts in, and these suckers are nice. I'm I'm wearing one. Well, yeah, I thought so. so a few of the guys
1: on here already have them. I see Cole down here. He's his is probably on the way to Arkansas right now, if he, if he doesn't have it already. But these suckers are super soft. They're probably the nicest shirt we have. Yeah, we didn't didn't mess around there. They're pretty cool, and they are very limited. They're when you have nine thousand colors on your logo. Apparently, that makes it really expensive. So it,
0: we had uh, by nine thousand. I mean, I see three, four colors. There's like my, six colors. My, my buck on has a lot more color in them.
1: A lot but. less antler growth too, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so they're on or they're on the website. If you pre-ordered them, let us know. We'll get them out to you. If you didn't. Hopefully there's some left for you when you go on the website. Yes. So yeah, lots to talk about today. We got some people popping on and hopefully some of you folks have been able to finally get into the field and do some planting. I know Jeff's been down at the the farm on the tractor the last seven to 10 days tilling stuff up and finally starting to see some farmers in the field. That's always a good sign. Man, it's been just a...
0: Well, it's the cool getting, ever. seeing some pictures because I haven't been down really since the germination happened in our frost seeding. So this weekend, I'll get a bunch of pictures that we can post of, you know, last year's brassica plot. Uh, we had green machine. Um, we did have um, some sugar mama in one of the plots. And I, I lightly frost seeded it, um, but didn't intentionally just because I wanted to see how much came back just for full of clover is that the one with veda and jeff yeah it it's it's stupid so i think you know there's a lot to talk about today you know in rotating and planning and how you're going to plant your plots and you know i was just sick of because i i always have big sexy on the property my my straight brassica mixes that just do great in fall into winter but then you come into the in the spring and right now fawns are dropping everywhere. Have you seen any yet? I have not, but I hopefully will this weekend. Cuz I'll talk about the, keep going. I don't talk more coming, about that too. But this is a time where it's like they need that nutrition and you walk down to where you had big sexy last year and it's just ravaged and now where I had it last year it's just coming up thick cuz you frost clover, chicory, I did a mix of I took hot chicken comeback just did an equal mix, doubled the ratio, and frost seeded it. And it's really cool seeing that that plot just be fully green this year because we didn't do it last year, and it sat kind of vacant. Without
1: having to till the soil, too. Didn't have to so You didn't spend it. gas money. You didn't unearth weeds. And when it was time, when the, the soil temps finally got warm enough, germination, growth, boom. Yeah. Good to go. Um, I want to talk about fawns, too. I haven't seen any of my property yet, but it, I've had some does come through that are ready to burst. And I think it's really neat what you can learn about your property when the fawns drop. Gestation period is between 200 and 205 days. Typically a doe will go in heat the same time every year. So if you do the math backwards, you can kind of figure out when the does in your property go into heat and when well, you're probably going to have that highest likelihood of bucks chasing, does in heat. So I think my math's not that good but right now you'd be into like october 24th 25th that time frame so when does drop on your property take notes yeah and then do the math backwards and Especially this coming you year have resident does yeah exactly because they're probably well even from what i know a dose fawns are going to have that same heritage and likely that same heat cycle um as far as a, a time window so do the math backwards this fall remember that time and Make sure you're in a tree, the 24th, 25th, 25th, whatever it is when those does are falling. So up by us, we've got so many does, they go into heat five times. So we get five ruts. But it's an interesting way to kind of be strategic about how you do things. So um, something to, to consider as those fawns are dropping this time of year. So, um, But, yeah, the right now is kind of when you see the beginning of those rewards from frost seeding. Because within the last few days, the canopy has thickened, but prior to that, there was no green around us. It, there was nothing, except it, it was, for... It was wild. I got my,
0: my food plot highway on the top of my ridge, and just in time, I got in and, and blowed it off two weekend not last weekend, the weekend before, and I frost seeded or didn't even really frost it. I just broadcast hot check and then I walked across it as best I could, and, and I drove the four-wheeler up and down a couple of times, and... I'm excited, but now it's like in a matter of a week, you see the trees get the little blooms and oh, yeah. now Boom. the leaves are coming in and now you're going to get a lot less sunlight in on those plots, so yeah. that's a really the key thing. You know, a lot of people are reaching out even still with kind of shadier plot areas where they want to put food in. ASAP. You, you can you can <laughs> do it still in, in some areas. I would always steer you to really hot chick. Um, I put no BS in two years ago and I put it in too late, and this it got stemmy. We talked about it on the last one. Yep. This was not getting enough, like because it is a shady, shady plot. Um, this year raked up a little bit of an area, and I just put hot chick in. So um, if you're gonna do those in the woods plots, earlier the better. Um, if you can get in early and you can get get it cleaned off of debris, um, even better. But
1: and then it, once you get them established, yeah, these, these really thick backwoods plots that are have a dense canopy every single year once you get them established my recommendation would be go in in the spring blow them off frost seed yep and just run with it jake and riley were up at jake's place today with his little plot back in the woods and i'm excited to share some of the footage and pictures from that but that's a perfect example of getting those perennials established in the shade and as much as he wants to blow it up over here and plant brassicas we convince them to go one more year of perennials, and it's it is a food plot that dreams are made of. Um, it's crazy. So um, well, I think
0: even even we get caught in that trap too. And we were talking about it before we went live, and we try to not have conversations before because we like to go down the rabbit holes here. Um, but we don't have a big clover plot established at our property. We have a couple of micro plots. We, are, a we are practicing what we preach to me. This year, uh, I'm taking probably 0.75, at least a half. It's, it's got to be at least a half acre. The lower, the lower part of than the cabin, elk, yeah. maybe an acre. Um, we've been trying to put like some corn and beans and rotating those in with like big sexy we've done some of that um this it just gets hit too hard and graze pressure is real um and then you have no food left and it's like they just abandon it so this year we're ripping that all out i frost seeded everything that i could um in clover i did comeback kid and hot chick um but this year the the rest of it we're gonna just establish it i mean it it's hard to believe you can do a lot less work. I mean, hot checks a two to three year perennial, Comeback Kid's a four or five year perennial. So every year I'll just go in and touch it up and frost seed and add a little bit more clover. Yep. And it's, it's gonna be just an awesome mix that we don't have to burn, like it's a good half day of work for us getting for everything sure. cleared out between spraying You don't want to do that all the time. And if those clovers are established, they're pretty low maintenance.
1: Really, yeah. I mean, a little trim here and there kind of takes care of everything. And the other thing, too, that we overlook, you and I, everybody, is their cold tolerance and their attractiveness when things get cold because they stay green longer than people give them credit for. So I I tell you what, if we can do ourselves a favor and everybody else this year, I think it is just continuing to stress the importance of having half your property, plantable space in perennials like that, and keeping them there for the fall. I mean, on the flip side, play the devil's advocate, by planting them in the spring, establishing that protein source, and tilling them into the soil, it adds a bunch of nitrogen to your soil because they fixate nitrogen as they grow, and it's a green manure. So I get that part too. But I think it's important to always have plenty of variety to make sure that – that you've got food and the number one question i've got in the last two weeks is i've got a small plot i've got a ton of deer what handles graze pressure what can i plant to handle graze pressure and i don't think you can plant anything that handles it better than those two products
0: look at our little apple tree plot yeah and it's got a little bedding area that there's like consistently two two does one's got like triplets one's got twins yep. and they're they're out there every day every time i drive by and they just are hammering that hot chick plot and yep. it just handles it so chicory and it's got you know your two varieties of clover and it they 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 like it and it does really really well so it, why why not leave it
1: it's fantastic
0: um we I should be saying the opposite because we don't want people planting a five-year <laughs> yeah, perennial right. and they're not going to buy more <laughs> seed but poor business plan No shit
1: <laughs> awful salesman Um, I just saw some questions here too. I wanted to get at Um, Brian, our buddy down in Canton, Kentucky. What's a great temporary plot that can help prepare your ground for a fall planting? It's almost like a lead in. Can you answer this one or should I? (laughs) I know you're still on vacation brain, so I want to make sure there's still some cells in there that are are functioning.
0: It's a good one. (laughs) No, I mean it, I, we're. i was having similar conversation this morning and you know improving your ph with a plan to to replant overhaul was the mix that we tested last year that we we brought in this year full time and it it really is an awesome mix and i made the call last year to not till mine under i i just left it um but you know it, it's a, just it's got deer food helps. too yeah
1: soil food deer food Adds nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, helps suppress weeds, fixates nitrogen, helps with um, organic matter, helps with tilling the soil, kind of like an eco-till with that tillage radish. It's a, It does everything you need to help improve that soil, especially in like sandy areas or kind of set-aside areas. It really does it all. And you could technically crimp it or that kind of crimp style later in the year where you crimp it and seed into it. Uh, to work really really well too. So I see I see Riley put a cool little snippet in there about overhaul. Um when you look at all those all of them are are deer forages. A
0: lot of guys put in buckwheat only as mm-hmm. their cover crop and then they go in and crimp it. Yep. Um I feel like it overhaul just kind of takes it to that next level of just adding more it's got the the turn uh the um uh wild radish in it. Or wild t-
1: uh... Spring triticale.
0: No, the wild. Da, 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 the yeah, The... It's a radish. The, the, yeah. yeah, the radish. tillage radish. And it's amazing because it grows. Actually <laughs> Bachelor s- party brain. Yeah, it grows <laughs> a stem off the top and it flowers, and you don't really realize Those... how many are actually in the plot until mm-hmm. you go in and you see all the. That's stems a of super flowers.
1: mature radish. Yeah.
0: And they came in and just
1: hammered it yep and that's the thing they will eat everything in that you don't have to till it under no you could run with it for a year and then the next year till it under uh type of thing so that's the neat thing i wish i could scroll through my my dudes here i can't do it i want to say hi to everybody well you my can, customary roll call but i mean it, it won't
0: it won't let me do it so you do get a little wild with that but.
1: i kind of enjoy it though yeah, so I, i'm not going to be able to do it today
0: Just makes everyone else feel bad
1: but i'm sure we've got somebody from pennsylvania and Iowa and Kentucky and Maryland and Michigan Wisconsin Let's Minnesota
0: we, we've got a couple of uh I need to get a captain hat. I do agree, Brett.
1: Jeez, it's not to get too full of ourselves. Small
0: here. Martha hitting on the Red Cedar River. Time to bring the ranger. Coordinates,
1: over. please. Dump it in. That'd be great. I don't fish much, but
0: 55 trees Just in the ground, Tom, Jordan era
1: Tom from uh, Indiana. He got a sweet little hot chick plot planted back in the woods.
0: Richard Brooks, comeback kid, is eight inches tall. Yeah, he's, an, he's in
1: Iowa. He doesn't count.
0: Great soil. Not level. until we get
1: an invite. Then he counts. Another thing I want to bring up was my sweet art, artistic ability here. Because this is a question that I keep getting to about – it kind of reminds me of the lower field yeah. to some degree. It also reminds me of homegrown. And I think it's an interesting way. This is not by any means, like, <laughs> the way you need to do it. They're going to have to see it. But I think it's an e- example it's very fancy. of, it's really, I'm an art. My mom was an art teacher. You can you can tell with my ability that she gave me none. Um, <laughs> it looks awful.
0: Um, yeah, you can't really see it that good. But
1: oh, go. Or hear us for, like, a solid 10 minutes.
0: So one of, one of the things that we were talking about before we got cut off on audio was how to design your your food plots in a way that gets deer in front of your stand. And, you know, you, you, can, you can put in food and you're going to see deer, but most bow hunters, like me personally, I want like 40-yard shotter in if it's dead calm and I feel really down, good. 50 maybe but like it's very rare for me to take a 50 yard shot at a whitetail most cases i want them at 20 to 30 yards and how can you actually construct your food plot in a way and use corn use uh, concealment plots like our incognito to like force the deer where you want them some guys use watering holes those work really well but i think one of the best things shows a great example all right, I'm going to try and put this up. If audio fails again, everyone knows that it's Mike's fault.
1: Oh, that's pretty, isn't it?
0: Now you yeah. got to walk him through it. I'm going to cover my face when you so do it.
1: I'm not saying that there was a whole lot of strategy or thought that went into this exact picture, but I wanted to give you a, an idea of ways, instead of just planting a four-acre field in something, ways to create landing strips or walking trails or whatever you want to call it with brassicas. The blue is, like in here I put corner beans, say this is a four-acre field. And the pink is domain brassicas. Call it sugar mamas, showstopper, big sexy smackdown, whatever it might be. Um, and the box, or the black is your your box blind. And I just wanted to kind of open up your, your, your kind of creative thought in how can you get those deer to come from the woods, enter the field, feed their way into a location where, like Tim said, you've created this space where everything is in range, and you've kind of forced or manipulated deer movement to come to you. So... We get so many questions and have so many conversations. I've got a four-acre field, what should I plant? I've got a two-acre field, how should I plant it? And this is just an example to try to kind of get the wheels turning on ways that you can manipulate deer movement using your different mixes and food plots.
0: I think so. if, you can, if you can obstruct that buck's vision of when he comes in and they're going to graze, even, even early season we found that they use those um, but especially during the rut, if you can stop that buck from coming in and scent checking a plot, and feeling confident that he can just keep moving on, and they they feel obligated to have to push out in your stand, could be a box blind, could be a could be a tree like a, tr- a hang on yeah, or a ladder stand. This is stand.
1: not like the end all be all. This is just a yeah. simple simple write up of.
0: But how do you how do you obstruct that vision from certain points so they feel like they have to come in and check your your I'm, spot?
1: I'm with Blake. Like if you can create that circle around your stand about five yards, that's in my relative range. That that'd be nice. Um, you I'm, could I'm, even I'm, use a spear then. Every once in a while, ten yards I'm comfortable at, but normally it's about five. <laughs> um, see, when I go to Kentucky, Brian puts me in stands where the, the furthest I can shoot is 15 yards because then I'm always, I'm always in range. Mm-hmm. So that was a really nice him to do that for but, me. But,
0: but I would truly think about that, especially if, if you're one of those guys that you have a, a, even an acre, acre and a half that you're planting, you can obstruct their vision and you can try and drive those deer where you want them to go. And we've proven it with our lower field. We've got two acres down there. And every year we put a lot of thought into rotating the crops, but also maintaining a certain area that we want those deer to come in because we're not moving that blind every year yep. and and it's and worked was out really similar well to this,
1: where it's like a center that stands in the center of the field not a corner of the field yeah so we were able to kind of manipulate the whole field which it, my original thought was all right let's put it in the corner easy to access it but it made a lot more sense to actually move it out into the middle yep using incognito and use the corn to kind of get into it And then you can use so much more of the field, and you don't have to push them as far. Yeah, well, Um, it was
0: it was a mind twist for me putting the blind in the middle of the field because I was like, these deer are going to be spooky around it. They're they're not gonna like, and that's completely false. (laughs) They they are walking underneath (laughs) it. I've seen them licking the the like Mm -hmm. posts. So um, don't be afraid to put if you do have a like tower blind or um, you know Radix or one of those that you can put out. Um, don't, don't be afraid to put it in the middle and guide the deer where you want them to, because I think you'd be surprised that the level of comfort that they have, but then you also have the access, but access to me, isn't as important as when you exit, because when you exit more than likely, you're going to have deer in the plot. You need to be able to get out. Yep. And there's times where you're sitting there and it's 45 minutes after last shooting light and you have 15 deer out there. And it's like, how do I get out of here? Well, Did we I, have incognito the <laughs> planted or literally I've had people come down and, and blow oh, the man. deer off with the ranger because yeah. they're so used to it out there. Yeah. But um, just something to think about when you're putting your plots in. Um, our incognito mix is pretty darn awesome. Planted in a 10, 10 foot minimum yard or wide stretch. And you can use that to block your in and out and it's amazing the the impact that it has
1: yeah it it changed my property faster than i thought it would to the point where all the deer were behind the house in that plot during daylight instead of down below and i didn't have a stand there yeah so that was that was a fail on my part because i didn't think it was going to impact deer activity or movement that quickly but it did it made them comfortable coming out in daylight
0: well another thing another thing to consider too because like talking to a guy today like i mean there's a lot of new food plotters guys that are getting land and they're doing habitat for the first time but there's also like we we hunted our land for years and years until we got our additional little chunk where we could put more food in don't be stubborn on your stands (laughs) because we've dramatically changed the the stands that used to be really good are not as good anymore and I'm so stubborn in moving them sometimes. you a
1: lot of them that we originally sat in five years ago.
0: No, it's it's completely changed the yeah. game. So,
1: and I I think one thing too that sometimes people overlook, and we find it to be one of the most successful strategic locations to plant is those little transition plots. So often you have somebody that's hunting a big bean field or cornfield that's ag, and they're like, "I see a hundred deer a night. Did you kill any? Oh no, I, I they weren't close enough. Yep. Well, if you can find a way to utilize a little quarter acre or half acre plot and establish something so the deer enter or exit the the plot from there, those little transition plots can be great because they're easy to access. You typically don't bump deer from them when you enter them or exit them because they've moved on to the destination. Or if you come in in the morning, they're in the destination, you're going to move through it later. So those little destination plots can be the best way to actually harvest a deer and you know have have success not just see deer it doesn't you don't need a five acre food plot to be successful no by any means no um i mean how my my property is smaller than that plot is <laughs> yeah you know so it's just a matter of um kind of you using what you have i'm excited to share kind of jake's stuff here later once we get some of that content back from today because his property i mean it It is your typical small property, um, small equipment, semi-shaded, and it's amazing what he's done the last two three years with it. For sure, it'll be fun to kind of look at that.
0: Richard, thank you for hanging on with us, and Mike and and I fully accept the invite to Iowa. So thank you. See you you. in
1: five years.
0: Yeah, we'd we'd appreciate it. But he asked, uh, when's optimal time to mow your clover, and that's actually a really good question um, because you don't want to hit it necessarily too early. Um, typically, when the the clovers start to flower, that's a, a good time where you can get in and you can start mowing it. Um, what Mike's audio is messing up? <laughs> yeah, look at look at my audio bar. I can see it now because we're on the computer. Yes, it's your just app never
1: closes. Wait,
0: fair, <clears throat> fair. It was firm, but it was fair.
1: Sometimes you just gotta be.
0: Um, but Richard, yeah. When once your once your clovers start to flower, that's typically the time when you want to go in and mow it. Um, like hot chick as an example. It's got, you know, a lot of chicory in it and it's got two varieties of clover. Once those clovers start to, to bud out and flower, that's typically when we go in and, and mow them down. Yeah, that's when the plants are mature, least palatable,
1: lowest amount of protein too. So to Tim's point, when you mow them, the next two weeks, that's kind of that when you're going to trigger a lot of activity. Those growing plants increase deer activity because of the amount of protein so if you can time it down in Iowa I think your season starts what October 1st if you can time that mowing as late into September as possible to encourage regrowth and activity those first couple weeks of October I'd recommend that
0: yeah I mean we've we've told this story a couple times but I think it's it's good to tell is like guys always ask can can I plant brassicas now and yes you can um I'm holding off. We we did a test last year. We planted in July. Um, granted, if we would have had rain, we had a droughty year in Wisconsin. It might have been different. But it turns out that we had beans that failed. And we went in, and it wasn't until the, the third week in August, August yeah. that we planted them. Could but have we planted had, it three weeks later if we wanted We to. had good rain. And it, it was awesome, awesome conditions for it. And all of a sudden, this buck that we had had on camera, but we didn't have them consistently changed. And he was hitting the green machine plot leading up to opener. Yep. He was there in the seven days leading up to opener. He was out there five days during daylight in the evenings yep. and dad killed him. And it's just like, man, that fresh growth, it highly nutritious. Like there's plant maturity triggers activity yep Um, and that's why all of our mixes have
1: so many different plant varieties yeah because they mature at different stages and force deer into there to eat them
0: and there's there's something to be said about you know if you have a lot that you can plant where you get some of that higher higher like forage and stuff like that but it will get stocky if you plant it this early um, and you'll find that they probably won't be hitting it like you want them to until way later. Until, you know, you get that first big frost, first Food winter. plotting's
1: like golfing. Yeah. You, you ain't, when you're playing golf, you aim right, hit it left, you aim left, hit it right. Makes no sense, but <laughs> it's how it works. Food plotting the same. You plant brassicas early for late season food, and you plant them late for early season food. Yeah, it makes no sense. But it, I mean, it was a but it's all game plant. It's all plant maturity. So
0: we've never had a deer on opener program For like Sure, we had. Yeah, for sure. I completely contributed to the green machine plot because. Yeah, I mean the all the, the fresh growth.
1: The tacticams were blowing up that whole first two weeks, the whole month of September and October. But months, um, but yeah, it's you could even wait a couple of weeks and plant it. I mean, it could be planted a Labor Day easily. Those plant, that plant maturity is still going to have those deer in it, the first two and a half months of season, and then once it freezes, you got your winter rye, your winter oats, your radishes. I mean, they're still going to be in there. Yeah. So that mix is underappreciated. Big sexy gets all the love, but well, like Michael Josh said his no bs what. is
0: taking off in the woods in New York. Good time, you planted it at the right time in the woods. Absolutely, yeah. That's uh the kind of catch-all to what we were just talking about about brassicas is. If you do have the in-the-woods plots, you do want to get them in, again, before before you get the leaves in.
1: Dan's already mowing his clover plot. I'm jealous. Ours are finally just popping out. I mean,
0: Yeah, they I mean, couple, two, two to get, three inches tall. It's starting to get thick. I, I would say with the rain we got in the forecast and stuff like that, I would say probably within the next week or two they could be ready. But uh, it might be a little bit longer. You never know. This, this spring's been crazy. Good
1: old Pat's watching his number one stunner
0: eat hot chick right now. That gets me excited. Yeah. What
1: the heck? Send some pictures, bro. Maybe a live feed. We'll turn ours off
0: again. Yeah. <laughs> you can we can just, just pause. Maybe we just go live with him. <laughs> that's, uh, what, that's what we get for getting fancy with hey, our technology. When you
1: a couple of rednecks try to get fancy, this is what happens. Yep. Hard lesson in life, right there. I don't know what the lesson is, but don't get fancy. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Thanks again for everybody sticking around with us. We had a little, for those of you that are just joining us, we had a little technical difficulty there. Spent about eight minutes off the air, um, which for some people is probably a breath of fresh air. But uh, otherwise, I'll tell you what. Got Chris with his frost warning. We got tornado warnings. I mean, what's the deal? Weather's
0: wild, man.
1: I swear when I grew up, we used to get those long, like, Nice rains all day long. And now it's freezing cold, 100 degrees, or tornadoes and hail. It seems
0: to be the ticket. I mean... we And went then in, no rain in July. Oh, yeah. Well, then you get eight weeks of
1: no rain, <laughs> July and August. I mean, it's just never ending. We got old Jake here, the old peanut gallery. He's got a buck on camera that's going to absolutely be a nightmare for I, him for the next well five months in, in fairness and apparently like, he just showed up because he just got a big I'm smile pretty sure, on his I'm face i'm pretty sure
0: that buck's now on the decline but yeah i mean he's no going, way he's gonna, he's gonna going be down. as big as last year. he
1: should probably just pass him again yeah i mean it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to even hunt the deer <laughs> <laughs> i'm mean, trying to tell him and i'm gonna ask the listeners here because you probably have more i know you guys have more experience in this category than i do hunting big deer Um, But I've been trying to tell Jake this whole time, stop thinking about this damn deer because he's going to be really big. We know he's going to be really big, and you're already hyper-focused on him, and you're putting too much pressure on yourself and hunting him, and it's not going to work. Yeah. So those of you, Pat Waller, you'd be one of them because you kill a big deer every year. But I'd be curious to hear what your strategy is when you've been watching this deer, your number one, whatever call it whatever you want, for years and now it's time like this is the year i want to harvest this animal how the heck do you stay patient what do you do to keep it off your mind so that when the time comes you're not so hyped up from 12 months of angst that you make it happen and take the pressure off
0: i mean tom thomas said it best
1: what did thomas say
0: that wind's got to be perfect but i i it's tough too because but like, I'm
1: saying mentally. What do you do mentally? Cuz he's already a freaking basket case and it's May.
0: I I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, Jake shed hunted, like 52 million days. This he's also he's Yeah, he's a little bit cool. Um for for me, for me, like we're we're so active on our property that I want to wait until it's somewhat patternable or I want to hunt fringe stands and when the time's right, I want to push in, but that doesn't always serve you. Right. You know, um, I'm just sometime, sometimes sometimes you got to get aggressive and you got to go in and you got to try and just get, get your buck and it can, get it your can, buck. it can win or it can fail. <laughs> um, you just got to go get your buck.
1: Yeah. I'm going to tell you that next year when you're hunting the big eight pointer, man, I just don't know what to do. I mean, he's, Sometimes he's up on the T-stand and sometimes he's in the big film. Timmy, you just got to go get your book.
0: I'm just going to – and what will I do? I'll go out and whack him, <laughs> you know. Uh,
1: I'm going to save that one somewhere in the mental I bet mental you forget. Space. I will, too. could
0: be able to rest. Yeah, Spencer, you're right. Yep. J- jake has got no chance. I mean, he. We went. we went down to Buffalo County this year shed hunting. We shed hunted and filmed all day. And we get to the end. We had big dinner. We had a couple of beers. And we're tired. Popped over at the in laws, future in laws, I should say, here. Like, dude, maybe, do you think they'd maybe let us shed hunt? I'm like, we just shed hunted for like eight hours, dude. <laughs> Comes out. He's got like three sheds. So the then, guy's shedding.
1: Rewind or fast forward four weeks or five weeks, six weeks. We go turkey hunting down there. And the whole time, all Jake's talked about is. Man, it'd be nice if you shot your bird in the first like hour so we could shut out the rest of the day. Yeah. Sheds, 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 sheds. I
0: I I think there's something special about being a maniac about deer hunting though. I agree. Very special.
1: I think you have to be kind of special to be a maniac about deer hunting. Yeah. You just ask our wives or our significant others. They think we're quite special, I'm sure.
0: Mel, Mel didn't quite understand it. she said, I come from a hunting family. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Um, what it, all of a sudden bowl opener happens in september and i disappear for 3 months and it's like sorry i'm, I'm hunting put the mic closer to your mouth uh, you but know, we had we had that was going to be upset we had explicit f- feedback so that the my mics mother-in-law were said that if i sit
1: this whole like this whole time it, it's not good and now Riley's telling me to sit like this so i'm just confused
0: i don't chris confused. did you did you did you kill a turkey he found oh, three boy. sheds.
1: We got some advice from the the engineer. What's he saying?
0: Yeah, and Luke cell Falconers, cams. Yeah, I mean, but uh, but I'm also Jake. Like... If you
1: want some advice, talk to Luke. He'll give you a very analytical, twenty five page essay on how to hunt big deer and what to do. And if you follow it, you'll probably kill the deer. It's going to be way above your. I'm not going to say anything mean.
0: Well, and Stephen Moore whose point hit his is so perfect, and that's where I think we're we're so lucky on when we go I've made that to, mistake. To Whitetail Crossing is like Man. shoot them, shoot them while they're still pattern patternable. Because um, I mean, come rut, like we've had times where our hit listers like on one side of the property, and you go up there the next day, and you're all amped up, and you're like, I'm going to get this deer, and then you get. In there, and you don't see anything, and then the other side of the property's got him, or maybe nothing's got him. Steven's the man. Yeah. I mean, I I think that— He said, don't let
1: him run past Mike.
0: That that pre-rut. Well, yeah. I mean, Jake learned that lesson. Yeah,
1: hey. Stone cold killer. (laughs) Poor Jake. Poor Jake. Jake's going to have himself a year. Last year, he kind of got a rough draw, (laughs) you know? At least he got a shot at one. When was the last time you shot at a buck? Who got the rough draw? You saw nine shooters.
0: Yeah. No shot. Maybe you're
1: just a poor hunter.
0: Well, they got to be within 10 yards.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you shot at a buck?
0: 2018. All right, it's your year. Yeah. It's your year. It's my year. Jake doesn't need another year. Okay, Jake's year was last year. He <laughs> messed up. It's, it's Timmy's time. It's Timmy's time. You know, we've I, Timmy's been giving all his tips up. They say Timmy the turnip, but it's really Timmy. Timmy the,
1: you're kind of you kind of look like a turnip without leaves. Yeah, you I know, get a
0: little purple face paint on. Yeah, next time I'd be good to go. <laughs> but no, it's my time.
1: I hope it is. Yeah. Big eight. Yep. Alive and well. Yeah. He's going to be a stand Hammer. Maybe we should be asking advice on how you should kill the big eight this year maybe maybe this is how i can make a drawing for you and explain how to dial in that back food plot oh richard i was just kidding
0: i i'm i can i can shoot out to 40 50. yeah
1: i mean 50 is a long ways on a whitetail yeah. i don't care who you are that's a really long ways on a whitetail elk much bigger bread basket if you will yeah 50 yards on a whitetail i'm not i i won't take that shot I mean, yeah. 35 is my relative range um, for a whitetail. You can double it kind of with an elk because the size of the bread basket's twice as big. Yeah. But I tell you what, it's just a, I don't know, small small kill zone for me.
0: So, But are you
1: headed down to the cabin this weekend? I am. What's I'm your plan? Planning. Your plan is planning. Yeah, plan is to... Jay Lagerstrom said, don't worry about the big A. He'll probably kill him. Jay, come on. We're going to have to give him some more of that Japanese yellow flower this year.
0: Yeah, careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> we're um, going to
1: turn your property into a dandelion fest, Jay. Careful.
0: We're we're going to we're gonna plan. We're going to stake out the plots. We're going to kind of figure out what we want to do. Rain in the so, mule? Yeah, just calm everything down a little bit. Get the bit. old case IH Free, on ice for a while. Figure out what <laughs> how we want to do it this year. Um We've had a lot of fun down, specifically in the lower field, but I think our big field this year will be kind of a, a fun test run and um, test run. We're gonna try some new testing things. some things. We're gonna do some new things. Huh. Got some n- new mixes potentially coming out. We've got a new product dropping in June. Um, so Did you be hear ready that? for that. Um, so it, our next
1: beers and bucks, we're gonna we're gonna launch a new product. Yeah, because that's what we do.
0: I wish I wish the like the video hadn't cut out when we had like you know a bunch of people, um, but there will be a new product launch. We'll throw
1: some teasers out there, maybe.
0: So, um, pretty little, excited about
1: it. We always typically do a mid-year product launch. I don't know if we've ever launched a product that could be more beneficial and valuable than the one we're going to launch at the time we're going to launch
0: it. Yeah.
1: That's all I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, I don't think we say anymore because then it'll just come out. Spill the beans. Yeah,
1: one more Coors light and
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um but, but no, it
1: it'll be fun. Um it'll be it's gonna be a really good product for us. For you more importantly. But uh we answer a ton of questions and this is gonna help solve a lot of those questions. Yep, for so, sure. I'm not gonna say anything else. What else, Timmy? What else we got? The whole intermission that we took really what, took it all to me. <laughs> it was that was kind of a tough pill to swallow, a tough hurdle to jump, tough, tough,
0: tough, tough mountain to climb. I think we were, We'll probably Took call a, it kind and, of a gut punch. You know, there, couple, couple of weeks. We'll, we'll do episode three. It'll be better. We'll have the kinks worked out. Yeah. So I and think then I'll get married and then come right, back. When are you getting married,
1: Timmy? June 11th. June 11th to Melissa Miller. Yep. Queen of Buffalo County.
0: Yep. the Queen apparently. So we get they, married. where's there
1: where's their Buffalo County Fair? Is it in Mondovi? i don't know did probably. she sit on a float and like win the she prize? probably does yeah i would think she probably did.
0: but we'll, we'll probably you know come back from the honeymoon and have a nice honeymoon can. where's the honeymoon cabo
1: cabo so gonna do some fishing
0: we're gonna do some fishing what are I'm you fishing c- for marlin no yeah striped marlin
1: you tell me i'm asking the question yeah
0: marlin we're gonna catch some fish sweet we're gonna have lay on the beach I'm going to come back. I'm going to have a really good tan. Make sure then, you put
1: some sunscreen on the schnoz and the old melon.
0: Yeah, the dome will need some. Yeah, but I, yeah. we're going to look good next time. Hopefully well, we'll catch do more one fish. before it. But Hopefully you
1: catch more fish in your. <laughs> your
0: <laughs> no way. She's talking shit already.
1: <laughs> no, I was just going to say, hope you catch more fish on the honeymoon you did at the bachelor party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But if we bought uh, two on the honeymoon, that would be good.
1: I fished. I think i fished with you like Three or four times in my life.
0: Broke a taillight. You know what? Broke a dock.
1: This is pathetic.
0: Snapped a rod. What else we got?
1: Well, yeah. Marcus backed into the into the dock with the, your dad's trailer. Smashed a taillight. Yep. Marcus snapped a muskie rod on a snag. Yeah. Um, Marcus got a parking ticket in the parking lot. And we fished all night and caught no fish. Yeah. So I fished with you three times, twi- twice for muskies. Oh, no, we fished for bass last summer. Yep. Right now, the total is Tim one fish and Mike two fish. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> I'm not in good shape. But oh, I'll gosh. be in better standing next
1: time we talk because. He's going to catch a big old. No, next time you talk, he'll be before the wedding still. Yeah, I'm going to. He'll be a freaking stressed then. out nightmare. Yeah, probably. Whew. But it'll try. we'll try to do it here in the next two weeks. We're going to launch a new product. We'll talk about that. Um. And by then we're gonna have some major clover. I mean, there's probably gonna be some good deer starting yeah, yeah. to, to form. Um, we'll have lots to talk about. We're gonna not break this the mics. We're not gonna break the audio, the visual. We're gonna make sure. We Turns got that out you gotta in. charge the camera. You have to charge the batteries. Explain yeah. this to me. It has batteries and a plug-in. If you plug in the camera, it should work. But it doesn't. We learned our lesson, we folks. Learned our we lesson. won't
0: do it again. Yep. We. Uh, you can't take the redneck out of the redneck. Yeah, for sure. No matter what you do. So. Well, we're going to sign off. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. We promise episode three will be better than episode two. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to the Beers and Bucks podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you're at it,
1: leave us a rating and review so others can find out about the show.